Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, November 30th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are today's headlines. Driving in Manhattan is often a headache, and the MTA is working to make it less stressful. But traffic improvements are going to come at a cost. That's right, Jay. One of the city's MTA committees is expected to propose a congestion pricing toll of $15. That's for drivers entering Manhattan below 60th Street during most hours of the day. The proposal is said to recommend increased tolls for drivers of large vehicles. It will also advocate built-in discounts for low-income New Yorkers. But what makes this plan stand out is how it caters to each driver. For example, a 75% discount is expected for most drivers during overnight hours. But Uber and Yellow Cab drivers aren't off the hook. They'll have to pay an additional surcharge at all hours of the day. MTA authorities hope to launch the toll plan in early 2021. But transit leaders say the reason for the delay is the federal government's sluggish approval process. Advocates hope that the new model will benefit traffic, air quality, and the overall commuter experience in New York City. It's been two months since a record-breaking six inches of rain hit New York, and Governor Kathy Hochul is reaching out to President Joe Biden for help. The governor is asking his administration for a disaster declaration to help fund ongoing recovery efforts. And putting together that declaration requires FEMA to team up with local governments to assess a storm's destruction. Together, they have to find out exactly how much it would cost to repair the damage. In September, Hochul's office said that magic number was $35.7 million. If given the green light, this declaration would open the door for the federal government to supplement local recovery efforts. Those funds would go towards cleaning up debris and repairing infrastructure in all five boroughs and Nassau and Westchester counties. Mayor Adams revealed that 54 unhoused individuals have been involuntarily hospitalized in the past year. And those 54 people have been moved either into housing or medical centers within New York. Back in 2022, the mayor came under fire when he told first responders that state law allows medical professionals to intervene and assist New Yorkers if their mental health threatens themselves or others. The mayor's office said city shelter referrals for people living on the streets spiked 70 percent since the 2022 fiscal year. That's about 1,000 people. New York Jets fans are getting some exciting news about their future Hall of Fame quarterback. Just 11 weeks after tearing his Achilles tendon in the Jets' season opener, Aaron Rodgers has returned to practice. The soon-to-be 40-year-old quarterback was seen taking practice naps and throwing the football. But Rodgers says he's still unsure about his status for the rest of the NFL season. A Catholic priest in Brooklyn is coming under fire because of pop singer Sabrina Carpenter. That's after Carpenter used the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church as a backdrop for the music video of her song, Feather. The music video features the singer wearing a short tulle dress and a black veil inside the church. She's also shown killing men who catcall and take non-consensual pictures of her. After the video was released, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn issued a statement saying it was appalled by the video. And just a couple days later, the diocese stripped administrative duties away from the church's pastor. But Carpenter says she received all the proper approval in advance. And when asked about the scandal, she joked to Variety magazine, Jesus was a carpenter. And on this day in 1982, Michael Jackson dropped an instant classic.
But the title track wasn't Jackson's only commercial success of Thriller. Billie Jean, PYT, and Beat It are to this day some of Jackson's highest charting songs. And the entire Thriller album went on to become the best-selling album of its time. Over the next few weeks, the WFUV Newsroom is speaking with organizations that promote mental health for teenagers in New York. This week, WFUV's Isabel Danzis talks to Shaniqua Moore, CEO of iRays Girls and Boys International Corporation, about their work improving students' mental health through after-school engagement. Could you just briefly explain kind of what um, iRays does? Sure. So iRays is a community-based organization that started uh, in Northeast Bronx, New York. We are working with kids of all uh, age groups between 5 and 21 uh, to help support their holistic well-being through mental health services, after-school, and educational supports. And how does kind of, um, you know, giving the kids an after-school engagement place, how does that then achieve your mission of mental health? Yeah, so there's a number of reasons why one after school really is a place where kids can come to connect and develop social skills. One, um, many of our kids are are dealing with uh, lack of social emotional skills. Some of it is because of the pandemic and other reasons could be um, not having enough support within their school environment. So after school allows them to continue developing those social skills. It allows them to be connected to a trusted adult. And it also allows them to be exposed to other opportunities that they otherwise would not have access to, such as art, sports, music, STEM learning, and other classes that they're able to take during after school. I think we've touched on this throughout your speaking, but just kind of point blank, why is this mission important? Well, kids need they need help, they need support. Um, Secondly, there are a lot of kids that are dealing with mental health issues. um, And what we have seen is mental health really spike. Uh, We've seen a lot of kids dealing with anxiety, depression, suicide ideation. We're seeing these numbers really, really vast now. And we've seen this spike really during COVID and it's continuing. So with after-school programs, kids really have and can build those social connections and foster them. That actually does increase kids' mental health. How does iRaise's work benefit, you know, community members who maybe aren't a part of your program or don't have kids going to your program? So we really are a beacon of hope to any family in New York City. Um, We believe in providing a safe space for any kid to thrive. So even if kids are not necessarily connected or a part of our program, uh, they can take workshops online that are one-time workshops. All of our programs, what I love about them is they're all infused and helping to build the kids' well-being. So even if they're taking a STEM workshop, the teachers are are taught and, and certified to teach kids SEL. So no matter what workshop or program they take, they'll still get that piece of wellness. Do you have an example or like a story from your time with iRace that kind of encapsulates, you know, why you do what you do? I'm thinking of a young lady um, actually in the Bronx, and she uh, is a high school student currently in her senior year. But two years ago, she was referred to our program for uh, self-harming behavior. Um, when she came to us, she the school told us uh, that they could not do anything. They tried everything um, with her, and she was not responsive to any type of treatment that they were providing or any supportive services. So we connected her to one of our social workers. Um, and what we found out and working with her and getting to know her and getting to understand her is that she was dealing with some real issues of 
abandonment and rejection. And we were able to help her. And now today she's, she hasn't had any injuries. And so those are like stories that we see every single day. What are you personally the proudest about, about the work that you do? I think one of the things I'm most proud about is that we are a woman of color led organization. And that means something, especially in New York City. Uh, many times nonprofits, they do great work, but the leadership really doesn't reflect the communities that they work in. What we're really proud about is 100% of our staff come from the communities we work in. Most of us are women of color. We've lived in these communities. We've gone to these schools. We've played in these parks. We shop in the same markets. And so that really gives us a very unique perspective, a very intimate uh, sort of perspective when working with these families. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis talking to Shaniqua Moore, CEO of iRaise Girls and Boys International Corporation. For more information about the organization's work promoting teen mental health, visit IRA, ISE, inc.org. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And as always, you can find more from us at wfevnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And that's What's What.